Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 40 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Fans for Fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media back in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 teams run in the Forever 400 presented by Mobile One at Homestead Miami Speedway. Steve, welcome back to episode 40. Just a couple more of these to go. I, you know, I barnstormed our way back. We barnstormed our way back from Homestead. We were able to take in the the racing weekend. Uh, Got to see some exciting things. Got to see another great race at Homestead. Great weather, I will mention. Still a red flag. Still, Still a red flag. red flag. You did it, my man. You <laughs> Once did it. again, second red flag this year um, that was not weather related. It was crash related, though. So I think I, I, I can. That's not my fault when it's an actual accident. I forget what that last race we were at that had like a fluke red flag. But um, anywho, we have plenty more to talk about because, man, this was one heck of a weekend for this number 12 team and definitely should have the whole fan base, the whole Blaney fan base excited for what's to come at martinsville and then hopefully at the championship race at phoenix the number 12 team has uh become the jeffersons this week moving on up moving on up (laughs) (laughs) you're pumped up already i can feel that energy and i I gotta tell you i've i need that i was gonna we we talked about this before the episode when we thought we were about to record about them being dq'd and i was texting you and saying i need your power of positivity and i almost feel like i need that again this week things are so good that i'm trying to find ways i think to like look for the negative and i need to stop doing that because i gotta let things go it's out of my control it's out of the team's control as long as they execute and but i'm still gonna need you i'm pretty sure i still need you here's here's the here's a great statistic from last week last sunday night after dq to this sunday night 66 point swing yeah right things were definitely much worse last (laughs) sunday night you're right 56 below the cut line now 10 above yeah that's that's pretty impressive and we talk about teams needing to peak at the right time and things kind of coming together for this team you know second year under crew chief jonathan hassler um, they've pretty much had a steady pit crew all year long. There were some pit crew changes like halfway through the season last year. So it's like, everything's finally starting to gel at the perfect time. They've got two wins on the year and, um, man, if they're going to do it, now's the time to do it. And, uh, and Homestead, what'd you think? Uh, what'd you think of the racing there at Homestead? Now I'll mention that we were there in person. We watched from pit road, so I didn't really get to see much of the track, the whole track. Now I've seen several races there before, so I know how it is, but uh, next-gen car racing at Homestead, all the lines, tires wearing out. What'd you think of the overall racing? Yeah, it, uh, it turned out pretty good. I mean, it's always great when we're watching Ryan up near the front. <laughs> the racing's always good in those races, right? But, um, but truthfully, it was. It was really, really interesting to see guys, you know, you know, 10, 15 laps into the run to, to go head up to the wall and then how they handled that. And uh, the best part about uh, the 12 car is they had the handling 
to come down off the wall to make passes, um, to get below somebody and within a lap or two make the move they need to make, get the momentum, get below somebody, hook the line down a one and two, get past them down the back stretch. Um, so yeah, it had all those elements and then guys 30 laps into a run, just wearing out. And, uh, truthfully is something we'll talk about later in the, in, in this thing. If, uh, certain things don't happen the way they happened and, and we stay green in stage three, uh, I think we were going to see something really, really big because it would have been just starting to gap everybody as, as it went on. And, you know, like I said, we'll talk about that later because there was damage to the car and things that happened and, you know, changed everything. But yet, um, when we talk about executing, this is what they had to do. You know, they, they still had all those issues happen. They still had some things with restarts that didn't look right. And they couldn't, couldn't get a good launch sometimes on these restarts, but yet he's still just ticking off laps and passing people and another 10 laps to the race. Who knows? You know, they were coming a little bit at the end there. Absolutely. But like I said, Homestead, such an amazing track. I'm glad that it's one of the couple of tracks down here in Florida that we get to go to pretty regularly. Truck race was great. The Xfinity series race. I feel like every year just puts on one of the best shows. I was a little sad. It wasn't at night this time. I've, we've seen several Xfinity races there at night that are, that are pretty exciting, but there's plenty of action and drama on that one. But yeah, everybody was definitely there for uh, this race. The second in the round of eight in the NASCAR cup series playoffs and a very pivotal race for the eight drivers remaining, including Ryan Blaney. And uh, one thing we've been hoping for on a mile and a half recently is some speed out of the 12 car. They went to Las Vegas and they were able to show some speed, but not necessarily uh, takeoff speed, but practice and qualifying went pretty well for, for them as far as, you know, setting things up for this race. Yeah. They, um, you know, they go uh, Saturday morning there and morning. That was another thing. How early, how early were you there Saturday morning? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I shared this message on, a couple of the team blading socials, but we, uh, again, we're in Florida, but we're not necessarily near, we're close to Daytona. We're not near anywhere near Homestead. So we, we took off just before three o'clock in the morning and got our credentials and got onto pit road just as practice was starting just after 9 AM. So it was an yeah. extremely long day of racing between practice, qualifying truck series, race, Xfinity series, race, and then booking it back to the hotel to sleep before the cup race on Sunday. But man, for, for motorsports fans, between that, the qualifying happening in the Formula One race, I mean, it was a long day of action and throwing some college football in there, too. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I don't know. There's plenty, plenty of people that didn't get up off the couch all day long. Um, yeah, they, um, so they get uh, you know, Group A and two laps in there. They jump up to P3 behind the 23 and the two. Um, the 20 a car was P4. The 19 car was P6. And the 17 was P7, you know, and you know, like I said, that's a one lap thing during the practice early in the practice um but 10 10 minutes into the practice ryan's running the wall and uh, what's great about this session for him is there's no bringing it back in so we've talked about like these practices before where they get out there and they run some laps and then if he brings it in they're making an adjustment well they weren't worried about adjusting they you know were just out there running um uh, you know 10 lap average there you know at one point he he was uh, the first playoff guy in the 10 lap average early in that session, you know, um, 15 lap average, you know, the top one in group a also. So group B comes out there, the 45 uh, runs, runs the fastest lap there. The five is P four, the 24 is P seven. The 17 is P 16. Um, and I got the 22 here, P two. 
before he crashed. Um, really wanted to keep track of him a little bit because, you know, the two was real good in group A. And if the 22 was good group B, we know that across the board, they found something, you know, as a team. I will say, um, just worth mentioning, they talk about in this next gen era how it's like a whole team effort to get a backup car ready to go because they really only bring one or two of these things. Most of the time, it's not wrapped. And, you know, we're walking through the garage area after qualifying is over, and you see guys in Menard shirts, guys in Pennzoil shirts, guys in discount, you know, tire shirts, guys in motorcraft. Like it's like the whole, the whole team comes together and i mean i can't remember if ryan's had to go to a backup this year or not but um it's a whole team effort when when somebody has a problem so i appreciate what they were able to do and especially the way they were able to to rebound in the race after that yeah group a group a was faster than group b overall um 10 lap averages with them combined here was about fifth behind larson um the 15 lap average once again he was up to second behind larson um so we get to group A qualifying. Ryan goes out 17th out of 18. Um, and he puts up uh 32.135, which is P5, and hangs on for dear life. <laughs> but the guys, you know, in that last couple guys that went were not knocking people off the board. Um, the playoff guys, you know, not great. I mean, every uh, week I just want them to make that second round. And I'm like, if he starts 10th, that's fine. I mean, at least he made it. He made it to that next round to give it a shot to go for the pole because, you know, there's some definitely at least a little bit of speed there. And we didn't even know what the car was going to run like necessarily past 15 laps. Yeah. The the past five there were the 23, the 19, the 3, the 6, and the 12. Group B, the fast five were the 45, the 54, the 24, the 5, and the 1. Um, so we go for pole qualifying here. He goes out first because he was fifth overall in group a and puts up a 32.594, which is a little bit slower than what he ran in the first round. Uh, 19 gets the pole. Ryan ends up 10th, uh, the turnaround and so forth. And the track maybe changed a little bit on them, uh, but they didn't get, um, real, any real gain, and, uh, you know, between fifth and 10th was, here's the funny thing is P five was 32.510 and Ryan was 32.594. So eight hundredths of a second between fifth and 10th. So the wind blows the right way coming down the back stretch or down the front stretch and, and Ryan could have started fifth. So, you know, it's not not bad at all. It's in the top ten. It's it, and we know with the lap averages that we're going to be moving forward. So um, we get to race day pit stall twenty seven, which is open in front of him and the twenty one behind him. Uh, stages of eighty one sixty five two sixty seven nine sets of tires. A fuel run of about sixty to sixty five laps, and of course the twenty two to the rear here. And early on here, lap one. Within a lap, he's up to seventh. The restart here was really, really good right off the bat, uh, the start of the race. Lap two passes the, the 24 up to sixth, and the 23 has taken the lead at this point. Lap three passing the three car up to fifth. And then lap nine, the 24 races with them a little bit, and lap 10, the five actually gets in on it too. 
Um, once you get two guys trying to battle with you in your middle of three or your top of three, it could get a little rough out there. Um, so he's back to seventh here and at lap 12, the 19 takes the lead off of the 23 uh, lap 15 passes a 23. That's three, 23 is faded from the front, you know, pretty quickly. And Ryan's up to sixth. Um, and at lap 20, he tells him the front is getting better. Um, the 24 passes the 19 for the lead. So there's our comers and goers early on with what they had set up for the beginning of the race and uh, lap 25, um, Ryan saying the front end is struggling on the entry to one and lap 26, Ryan starts running the wall, both ends for a few laps here and kind of like seeing, you know, what kind of lap times they're getting up there. Uh, lap 30, he's about a second back of the 45 car in front of him. So it's not bad. Lap 32, they're pitting. And like I said, TV's got this as a nine, four. That's a great part about running in the fifth or sixth position. When they, when they hit pit road here, that they give you that pit times, everybody can look at it. Um, four tires and fuel there lap 37. He should cycle back to fourth at this point, which is about two spots gain on a green flag cycle, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, it might mean that somebody made a mistake or two, but your nine, four really stood, stood tall there. Uh, lap 50 here, uh, Josh tells them we're the fastest car for the last few laps and they're on the top, both ends, ripping, ripping the fence, uh, faster than all three of the cars in front of them. Um, now it kind of spread out. That's the only problem at this point with the green flag cycle. I mean, he was still about 2.28 back of the 24 car in third, uh, lap 55, the five car took the lead here. And, um, Ryan was catching the 24. He was actually 0.324 back of him uh lap 61 he does pass the 24 gets up to third and lap uh here we're lap 64 here the 48 uh is a lap down getting in the way lap 77 the 47 spins out on the back stretch this happens right at the end of the stage so five wins the stage and ryan ends up p3 so right off the bat boom points some of the guys in the top uh you know some of the playoff guys didn't get points you know which is you know something that happened at vegas where almost everybody was in the points both stages you know made it very hard to separate yourself well this time around this weekend this race some guys do end up getting separated a little bit from the pack you see Uh, with this you know first stage of this race that blueprint that they need going forward or forward and every stage in the finish next week, and assuming they get to the championship four in Phoenix, you have to unload with speed. You have to qualify in the top 10. You have to move up if you qualify in the back half of the top 10. You have to execute on those pit stops. I don't know how many green flag pit stops we'll have at Martinsville. We'll see. I mean, there there hasn't been. I think there's well, been more there recently than there has the, been in the past the, because the spring, people aren't spinning out. But the spring, the spring race had it once or twice yeah. because they talked about all the green flag passes that happened. That's right. That's all, right. When they all, when they all happened on pit road. So yeah. they, I mean, this pit crew's gaining positions. They gain positions all day long on green flag cycles. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a blueprint for what they need to do next week at Martinsville and what they need to do for the rest of this race. We're going to recap because qualifying up front, staying up front, getting those points are going to be absolutely crucial if they want to race for a championship. Uh, Jonathan talks to Ryan here about um, seeing what the brakes can do to help, like working with the brake bias a little bit. Um, they're pitting, of course, here, t- four tires here. Uh, this was a 10-9, and it was in third and out fifth. The 24 and the 19 
were the two that beat him, but 24 did a nine, three stop. So, you know, you got beat by uh, just a really good stop to begin with. Um, we got, we start looking at choose cones here a little bit. Uh, and the five takes the top Ryan takes the top. So he's one or two back of him starting this, uh, second stage. They restart lap 86, um, the 54 and the 45 gang up on Ryan on this restart. And, um, you know, the, the five is taking the lead. Ryan sorts out to about seventh, but lap 90, we pass the one up to six lap 91 passes the 54 up to fifth lap 95 passes the 19 up to fourth at lap 110. The top five are all within a 10th of each other on lap times, you know, so uh, he is 0.505 back of the 24, which he's chasing. And Ryan asks if anyone is shifting against the wall. He wants to kind of know if there's something he can do different. Uh, Hassler tells him that the 24 and the five have not started shifting against the wall. And those are, you know, probably the two best at that point at lap 115, We do, we're pitting here, um, and beat the 24 off pit road. Uh, with a nine, five stop. And when it cycles around should cycle to P three here at lap one we're passing cars that haven't pitted yet. And lap one twenty seven, the cycle does com- be complete. And up, like I said, up to third, uh, the five is the leader and Ryan is 0.572 back at the six car. So he's caught ground on this pit cycle to the, to the second place car even. Um, and Ryan says they're way too tight. Uh, early on here in this run uh, lap 134 passes the six car up to second and at this point 5.695 back of the five okay <laughs> so you think well by the end of the stage it shouldn't you know but lap 142 he's 4.3 back at lap 145 he's 3.527 back at just lap i could hear that jaws yep. music and you know i'm watching <laughs> we're watching this point from the pit box in in pit road and i'm watching the monitor watching the times count down and i'm like I mean, he's gonna i'm like he's gonna get to him right at the end here let's see what happens yeah, yeah lap uh, 150 2.8 back at lap 155 2.063 at lap 160 it's less than a second 0.814 back at a five and at lap 162 he passes the five gets to first here and then win stage two. And uh, I don't have it in my notes here, but Larson, I know Larson got on the radio and the 99 was, was a, a key to the end of the stage. The 99 caused a lot of trouble for the five car. And even Ryan had a little bit of trouble passing him. Uh, but by that point, the 99 was the lucky dog. And I think he was just trying to make sure he stayed the lucky dog. And um, he is he wore- notorious for that. And which, I mean, I'm not, honestly, I don't think it's a bad thing. You're trying to, for your team, you're trying to stay on the lead lap as much as possible. And gosh, I think four or five times I've seen him battle that like that and then rebound for good finishes. So honestly, at this point, it, it helped the 12, especially in catching the five in the first place. But mm-hmm. once the five finally did kind of get, get past the 99 and the 99's holding up the 12, I'm like, all right, get out of the way. <laughs> now it, it's time for us to, to take the stage win. But yeah, that was awesome watching him, him uh, come all the way back there when, um, when he finally did take the lead right before the end of that stage, you could just see some of the picker guys and Flores just kind of like point forward, like to the lead. Mm-hmm. They know what they have to do. And what this does though, is this sets up like a monster, pit stop for them because yeah. it's been a while since they've been in, in a position 
to where they have the pressure on having to hold hold a lead in a race that's so pivotal like this. Yeah. So, you know, stage one, third place, third place, huge points. Stage two wins the stage, even bigger points. And the point gain has totally changed things now in the field. You know, some of the guys who didn't get points and then what ends up happening in third stage. Um, but yeah, pitting for four tires here goes in first, comes out first. It's a 9.60 according to TV which is, you know, might be a tenth or two tenth or two slower than one or two other cars, but coming to pit road first and and running down pit road at the right speed, um, you know. If you want to watch this stop, we've I, I was able to film that one in person. So it's on our Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on TikTok, it's on Instagram. So take a look for those. It'll um it'll be out throughout the week, but it's one of the, you know, one of the best stops I've seen them do in person. Uh, since I got to see that from Darlington a, a year or two ago. So mm-hmm. um, like it, share it, and, uh, you know, give heap some praise on those guys because they had a hell of a race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh, you know, and, and everybody just kind of says there's an attaboy on, on the radio there. Um, Jonathan does come on and say something about saving fuel here during the caution just for the next stop because the next stage is a longer stage, and if they stop somewhere in the middle – you know, they might be closer to the number there and they want to make sure they don't have to sit, sit there extra long for gas. Um, we do choose the outside for the restart and restart lap 172 racing with the 24 and, uh, the 24 kind of takes the lead for a lap or two. And then Ryan actually gets it back here on lap 174 lap 177. He's a half a second up now he's out in clean air at lap, um, 178 the 11 car gets to second so he ends up you know getting up there with him at lap 192 the 5 and the 11 are are racing behind him which kind of is nice because now he can gap them a little bit um at lap 194 the 5 car passes the 11 so now it looks like the 5 car is coming a little bit and um but at lap 195 ryan is 0.839 ahead of second place and at lap 198 uh the 5 brushes the wall trying to get to ryan you know and ends up losing some time back to uh, 1.4 seconds behind Ryan. I'm getting super nervous at this point. Cause it's, it's becoming clear that they could, they could go and win this race and, and walk off to the championship race at Phoenix and just do it right now. Not even have to worry about next week. They had an amazing long run car. And all I wanted was this thing to go green, like just yeah. stay green, let them dominate and, and just, you know, kind of prove the doubters wrong and and focus forward but um yeah we'll we'll see how that that works out the rest of the way but at this point i'm just total ball of nerves down there hoping that they can pull this thing off uh lap 199 ryan comes on and says they're pretty well balanced here he's just trying to take care of it um they're a little tight on the wall and um, now lap 202 the 78 brushed the wall and then came down pit road and i think he spun it out even uh, going on to pit road, but no caution, which was great. Yeah, he went backwards. He came drove yeah. pit down pit road backwards after that, which yeah, that was helpful, I guess. Uh, lap two hundred five, he's about a second ahead of the five car, and what he's doing is taking away the five's line. He's trying to run the same line, so the five really can't, you know, get nothing but dirty air. Uh, running the fence all the way around here. At lap two hundred nine, they start going through some lap traffic here, and then at lap two eleven, the green flag cycle starts. Um, and I wait a lap or two, but at lap 214, they're pitting. Now, 
this is what we talked about. Uh, we talked about beforehand. Um, if we get through another green flag cycle, he gains a second or two maybe on the cycle itself because that'll happen. And then they run another long run to the end without any issues. Um, we may have seen a nice big blowout the way I really envision him winning some of these races where he just goes out and just, you know, goes all the way to the end with it. But uh, instead we have an issue. <laughs> now Ryan drama. <laughs> yeah, we have drama. And it's not even Ryan's doing. That's the funny part is he ends up. Well, I don't know. Have you been on, uh, well, on, on X and social uh, media? And well, those people, apparently the gonna, TV broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to tell those people a story um, <laughs> because he comes down pit road. And I guess the five car was told if, if he pits to follow him. And um, I don't care what timing and scoring line everybody on TV is looking at. Uh, Ryan has dashboard uh, lights that he's trying to hit and he tries to hit them by that line. And they usually go five miles an hour over what they're allowed to have. So if pit road speed is 45 miles an hour, they try to go no more than 50. Okay. And they do that on that opening. Now they've got it calculated too. They calculate this way ahead of time, but they do run pit road speed pre-race. Okay. And what Mr. Larson says afterward and he apologizes to some extent because he does say we didn't mean to hit him and I wasn't trying to hit him. And I didn't really realize, uh, but he kind of doesn't really back it up with, I was coming in way too hot, which is what it really comes down to. Sure. Ryan had slowed down in front of him, but if you watch the five car, the five car was never going to get slowed down in time to get to pit road. So everybody who wants to apologize for the guy, I'm glad you're a fan of his. I'm glad you feel he can do no wrong, but he was never going to get slow enough by the time he got to pit road. That's why he hit the barrels on the right-hand side. That's the only thing I give him credit for is he could have just plowed in to the back of the 12 and put and potentially would have saved his a car because these cars can take a pretty decent. I mean, they've softened the front clip a little bit, but instead he hooks it to the right and then goes into the into the barrel so i mean yeah. it's he did I, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit for that but yeah I, the the way he went back and forth on the interview where he says it's his fault but then he's like but man you know the 12 just slowed down you know he didn't he didn't say it specifically but i think maybe tv was trying to measure it out like 50 to 75 feet before the line all i'm gonna say is i think the 12 was doing perfectly fine on pit road entry all day the fact that they gain positions on every green flag cycle essentially in most of the non-green flag cycles as well there's just i think the one stop where they lose spots like very early in the race so i think he was doing just fine with his pit road entry and speed and everything and i mean he's leading the race a race that could put him into the championship for if he wins the last thing he wants to do is push it especially considering he's had a couple of very untimely speeding penalties this year which is not you know was not common for Ryan Blaney until 2023. So I was totally fine with, with him kind of taking it a little bit easy in there. And the five, I mean, the five should just know not to push it. I mean, but it it is what it is. He took himself out of the race in the end. That's the thing is like the five won the week before. And then he talked all this good game about, I'm just going to win the rest of them. You know, I'll keep the momentum going. Well, you still have to do that within reason. You know, there are still, uh, a factor of executing what you're trying to do 
without making a mistake. And you can't be tentative. You're right. You can't be tentative and worry about making the mistake, but you got to execute. And what the 12 car had done all day is executed coming to pit road and a green flag stop. And the five car just decided that he was going to gamble and he gambled way, way too much. He come down off that apron, came down way too hot. Like I said, he was never going to slow down enough to make pit road speed. He was going to be too fast entering. If yeah, he does, if, he's Ryan, just, if Ryan, yeah. if Ryan's car was not there, he was going to be too fast entering the way he slid the brakes and the smoke come off his car. He was too fast entering. So forget this whole thing about, well, Ryan slowed down and he was in the way or whatever it was that you, you five fans have got going on there. He was never going to make pit road speed. He was going to get a penalty. Um, now here's the thing that happens. The caution comes out. Not everybody has pitted yet. Um, the 12 team can take their time on the pit stop, which is kind of interesting uh, because they don't have, they, they basically have to beat the, um, you know, to get to the pace car ahead of the pace car or whatever. So they lined up behind the pace car. Um, so they don't, you know, and they're on the lead lap and the caution's happening technically while they're leading. Um, so what ends up happening is as they cycle this all around, the guys who had not pitted yet are going to pit. And then Ryan is going to uh, assume the lead again, which is super, you know, and then you've got guys who had pitted already were a lap down and they have to take a wave around, um, which, you know, works out for a couple of them. Um, what's bad about it is, is there was a, a, a whole, well, we've seen a picture today. Yeah. Um, posted that. Uh, uh, Joe, Justin Hughes was at the shop, got a decent picture of the back end of the car. There was a hole in the back of the car, not just some damage where it got crushed in. And Ryan was really uh, worried about this. Um, uh, you know, uh, as they're, as they're doing the caution laps, he just, he wanted to know, he, you know, he, they realized he got hit and he was kind of like, well, what, you know, is there damage? Is it crushed in? And luckily it did. It buckled and then came back out. Uh, luckily it didn't break anything underneath on the suspension. Uh, luckily it didn't bust the diffuser so that, you know, so everything was going to be okay. Um, but did it maybe lose a little bit of what it had earlier in the race because of it? It's hard to say. I mean, there's data I'm sure that they're pouring over today, but, uh, it may have caused the car to not run quite as well as it did in the previous laps. Um, so they do a red flag, uh, to, to clean up, uh, <laughs> Yeah, because the beach, the beach that they had created on uh, on the on pit road at that point. But yeah, yeah. there's that that pesky red non weather related red flag at a race that I've attended, and people like it, to point that out. It's so funny. Um, our guy Josh Novak, who runs the Elgin, uh, got you know got a starring role in that because he they brought, brought the Elgin out there, and there were guys handling the the vacuum basically they have on that thing to get all that sand up, um, and. Uh, you know, like I said, all these cars need to pit. Once they go back to yellow here, they go ahead and pit. And um, now when we line up uh, behind Ryan is the 11, the 24. And now the four car has gotten his way up into the top five. Um, so that's pretty good. They did a great pit stop, got themselves up there. Um, and Jonathan and Ryan, or not Jonathan, uh, Josh and Ryan discuss uh, who's going to be the better pusher. So, you know, as they line up the row, they're hoping they have a certain guy behind them to, to push them out there a little bit and give them a better restart. Uh, Ryan takes the top, the 11 takes the bottom and, uh, the 24 is pushing Ryan. 
and Kevin's pushing the 11. So we restart lap 221. The 11 actually takes the lead here. And they made a caution for the 142-15-6 incident there. Ryan was second when that happened. Uh, the 9 and 19 had some contact in the middle of that too. Uh, so the top five at this point, the 11, the 12, the 20, the 24, and the four. Um, so a couple of things I want to mention about this restart specifically. One, Ryan started on the outside, and according to the radio broadcast, the outside for the leader had only worked once or twice before the entire race. So it was a little bit of a gamble. When it did work, it was Larson, and he needed the full lap to get the momentum up to then sail off out to the lead. Unfortunately, Ryan did not get a full lap here. So that's one thing I noticed on this restart. Second thing that I noticed on this restart, um, when you read the top five or six before Christopher Bell, wasn't one of those cars. He made, uh, I don't want to say dangerous. He's like a very um, uh, aggressive. He made mm-hmm. a very aggressive move three wide on this restart to get up to third. Mm-hmm. And I said, and when he lines up, I think he lines up behind, does he line up behind Ryan on the next restart? Um, I think we'll, we'll go over yes, that. Yes. When yeah. he lines up behind Ryan, I, it sunk my stomach sunk because I said this 21 with the, the 11 car being on the front row and a teammate, the 20 is not going to be pushing the 12 and the 20 is also going to take them three wide. And unfortunately, as we'll go through this, exactly 100% what happens here. And I was devastated because I just, I could, I already saw it playing out before it it even happened. There's just no help for the 12 car with those Toyotas up front. Yep. Restart lap 229 here. And that's exactly right. Uh, The, uh, the 11 on the bottom of the 24 pushing Ryan on the top of the 20 pushing and uh 20 goes low somehow gets below and around the 24 and uh passes everyone there um at lap 233 the 24 is passes ryan and they're racing with the 11 uh in third though and the 20s in first and the 24 gets to second here and at lap 235 is when the 11 passes ryan down low and then something breaks on the 11 car and uh, NASCAR is funny because, um, you know, people talk about the the swearing on the radios and it happens and they all do it. Okay. That's another thing. Everybody's like, yeah, there was a lot of Ryan yesterday because Ryan was in the top two or three and, you know, leading laps and in the middle of some of this action. Um, but this one here was really funny because the 11 did race Ryan really hard in those couple of laps on those restarts. And, um, I haven't listened to his podcast yet, but I'm sure Denny's talk didn't talk about how he was trying to take the air off of him, but that's what they're doing. They all do this where they try, you know, the low guy tries to take the air off of him and everything else. Well, something broke on the 11 car. He ends up in the wall. Ryan does swear a little bit on the radio and NASCAR picks up on this and they post everything everywhere with all the bleeps in it and everything else. It's like bleeps and then little symbols. So you can guess how many letters there were, you know, um, but it, it's it is in a moment. That's the thing. Everybody don't get you know all mad about these yeah. swearing, guys swearing. It's always in a moment of something happening. Uh, I'm sure Denny's not all ticked off all day today about what Ryan said, even in the post race interview. But <laughs> he uh, didn't hold back. He didn't hold back in the post. He didn't hold back a little bit. But he gave him, he gave it to him in an intelligent uh, and and a kind of funny manner, a little snarky. Um, but uh, you mentioned yeah, it's kind uh, of a good thing here because. 
I was, well, yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned the Denny's podcast and that the only thing I could think of reading Ryan's, you know, post-race transcript and what the choice words that he had about the 11 chopping them off and, and all that stuff is like, you know, if you listen to Denny's podcast, the few times that he's talked about Ryan, it's all been very, uh, he's been, you know, kind of lauding like the way that he drives and, you know, his career. Yeah. And he says he has lots of nice things to say about the yeah. 12 and then the way they race around each other. And I'm like, I'm, I have, you're right. I haven't listened to it either. I'm, I'm not sure if it's out yet or not, or if it'll be out yeah, tomorrow morning, but tomorrow um, probably. I wonder if that, that tune will change a little bit because of the, I mean, they raced really hard side by side for several laps here. And honestly, I had messaged, I think in our discord chat right before that, um, I was like, Ryan needs to get out to a lead here and not use up his tires. And then here's what happens. They lose the lead and he's battling the 11 back and forth, probably using up a lot of their stuff just to just for third third and fourth at mm-hmm. that point and i'm like oh man but yeah there's a little bit of karma there um ryan i don't know did was there actual contact ryan says that he mentioned in his post race that the 11 used him up and i, I guess yeah, that no. can mean different things to different people i don't know if they actually used maybe ryan you know used up they didn't actually hit each other but he had to to lift to avoid it or or what yeah, but they, that was part was of his post race yeah what he was talking about was beginning cut off and and it was saying, if you're going to commit to it, commit to it. And a lot of times he didn't commit to it. So Ryan was maybe trying to give him the lane and yet he didn't take it. And then he basically raced him hard and, and like I said, end up being side by side, because I think what Denny was hoping would happen is Ryan would make a mistake and, you know, and fall way back. But, uh, now you're talking uh, about the good ha- thing now, I'm assuming it's, it's points related with the 11 car falling out of the race yeah that's 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 one thing that's about to happen here the you know jonathan gets on the radio and says i've got a plan so there's something already in 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 a foot about what he's going to do with handling um josh gets on there and this was kind of a cool cool thing that has ended up on i think on nascar site uh he says we're going to pit we're going to get the lead and we're going to win this uh sob he says and i got all fired up you know because josh is not usually you know, he's not really there to do the pep talk. You know, he, he's there to give uh, a lot of facts out and uh, information, but, uh, he was all fired up and he was getting his driver all fired up. And, uh, you know, the 11 and the 19 end up out right here. The 11 broke, whatever he broke, the 19 comes to pit road and he's smoking or something and they go under the hood and, and something bad happened to the 19. So now what happened, didn't happen in Vegas in Vegas, we had the top eight guys finish somewhere between one and 11, well, this week we're not going to have that. And, uh, you know, yeah, and the 17, 17 was just slow. I haven't even mentioned the 17. He was just down yeah, and which is really weird because the six car, his team car was up there most of the day. Um, but here we go. We're pitting. We're coming in third and we're coming out second with a 9.4 stop. Um, they're on it all day we've already said it multiple times but there's only one stop that they had a little bit of a hiccup on all day long every single cycle they gained positions they beat the best team on pit road here um the 20 car as the team took the pit crew from the 54 because they've been statistically the best crew on pit road all season they did a 10-4 stop still not horrible but one second ends up being two positions for the 20 car um Choose going here, the 24 taking the bottom, Ryan taking the top here. The four is pushing the 24, the 20 once again is pushing the, the, uh, Ryan and the 22 is behind the 20. So I kind of thought, well, that's kind of promising. Cause if they end up close enough and lined up, the 22 is going to literally push the 20 into the 12, um, restarting lap two forty two here. The 24 gets to the, uh, gets in front. 
Ryan is in second at this point, uh, but at lap 243, the 20 passes back to third here. At lap 250, the 24 and the 20 are battling. So, you know, at this point, Hassler comes on. And I don't know if he's the only thing I don't know about communication sometimes is sometimes it's just directly to Josh and Josh relays it. Sometimes it's something that both Josh and Ryan can hear, depending on how they do this. So, um, but Jonathan reminds everybody that they're 12 points above the cut line now, as long as things finish where they're at. Uh, and, and Ryan, it must've went right to it because Ryan says 10, four, I'm trying, which is kind of funny because Ryan's still trying to win and uh, they're trying to win. Yes. But what Jonathan's trying to say is don't risk the car and the finish, you know, if, if we can, you know, stay where we're at, uh, lap two fifty two, the 20 takes the lead at lap two fifty nine, Um, Ryan does pass the 24 and get to second here. And, uh, Josh tells him, Hey, you can do it. Um, and in the laps that follow here, you know, he does close the gap a little bit. Um, it gets to within a second, uh, but maybe the 20 car might've been backing off a little bit just to, to make sure that he didn't wreck. Um, but the, you know, the 20 wins, Ryan does finish second here and gains, you know, like I said, gains all these points. And there was a position to her change in there where it ends up being a 10 point lead to the cut line now. And, uh, overall just a fabulous day. I mean, the only thing that was missing is the W and, uh, we can go ahead and get that this week coming up, but you know, to go from 17 below the cut line to 10 above in one week and have much more control of your destiny. It's just, just a beautiful, beautiful weekend um, down in uh, South Florida. So we're going to probably extensively talk about this point situation, but I just want to mention, and Steve mentioned this to me after the race, that you know, just last week I was saying at 17 below that I thought it, they were in must-win situation, and Steve said, eh, yeah, if everybody has a perfect race again, but maybe that won't happen. Well, here we are. Uh, the 11 and the 19 have devastating races. The 17 just was slow. Mm-hmm. Um, the only card that performed was the 45 and he's 10 below and Ryan's 10 above uh, the 24 as all year long. Again, I will say, I mean, obviously I want the 12 to win championship. The 24 is still absolutely a championship favorite. they just are in the top five every single week. So somehow you, as you said, 27, 27 point swing from post DQ <laughs> point standing, uh, 56, was it, did you say 56, 66, something point swing if pre DQ or pre DQ being rescinded. So um, I never thought there was a chance he would go into Martinsville above the cut line. I thought maybe he can make up some points and be, you know, five below or something like that. still where he might need to win. Um, Here's where I need my pet talk. Steve is that plus 10 is amazing. It's awesome. But if Martin Truex jr, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick or Chris Busher show up to Martinsville and win the race. Unless William Byron has the worst race of his season, which again, we saw that could happen. That happened with the 11 and the 19 Ryan's done. Um, he's not going to make it. And it, and it could be totally out of his control. He could finish second and, and still, and still not make it to the, to the championship four. So I need that. I need that pep talk. I need you to reassure me that, um, maybe one of those four guys below the cut line is not going to win. And um, I think you were, you wanted to throw out a crazy theory on a, on a way that mm-hmm. William Byron could also, could also miss it. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's very well um, uh, researched, well, but I did want to point out some statistics before we talk about whether 
um, these guys could just have bad races. And I just want to look at um, some average Martinsville finishes for these guys. And this is going to be career average. So Martin or Chris Busher enters in the eighth position, uh, the furthest back in points at minus 43 points. So he's in a basically must win, absolute must win situation. Uh, 19th average finish, one top 10. Denny Hamlin is in the seventh position in points. He has a 10th place average finish. One of his absolute best tracks, five wins at Martinsville. Martin Trex Jr. is in the sixth position in points, 17 points back, just like Ryan was last week. He is a 16th place average finish at Martinsville. But quite honestly, I bet if you look at a lot of Martin Trex Jr.'s tracks, it's like that because he can be kind of a feast or famine driver. Um, three wins, though, at that track. Um Tyler Reddick, he doesn't have a very long cup career so far, but it's not a great uh, average finish in Martinsville. 20th, one top 10 as well. Turex finished third, Hamlin fourth, Reddick 22nd, and Busher 14th in the spring race at Martinsville. So that's kind of where we, we are, at least, you know, their total careers where they finished in uh, the last race there. Specifically, I know at some point we could, we could maybe take a look at average finishes in the next gen car, which I believe Brian Blaney himself actually has one of the top average finishes at Martinsville in the next gen car. So everybody, at least two of those four drivers below the cut line make me extremely nervous about them coming in and just winning this race and, and William Byron having a top five day. And then, and then that's it. That's the, that's the frustrating part, but I also have to, I'm almost like trying to pet myself up. That's also just, this is the round of eight. This is serious. Yeah. This isn't like just making the playoffs. This is making the championship race. So it shouldn't be easy, right? No. And the scenario that I'm sure they're looking at is just win this weekend, right? Uh, two weeks ago, that's what we were thinking. We got to win one of the next two. Well, now we just got to win one of the next one. And reality is, is that's what they're going to shoot for is to try to get up near the front and win the race and be better than the other cars, better than the other drivers. Um, but we want to talk about funny, funky scenarios, which I do. I've got, you know, we've gained 27 points on two guys. Okay. So two guys had to have the bad race and they did. Now we only need to do it on one guy and we don't need to go 27 points. We only need to go 20 points. And I think 20 exactly would do it because uh, if they end up with a tie, it's the highest finish in the round and Ryan finished second. So, um, first stage, you know, finish second or third in the stage, and maybe William finishes eighth or ninth, second stage, same thing. Ryan finishes third and William finishes eight or ninth. Now, all of a sudden you've closed the gap from 20 to about eight, and then you just got to finish eight or nine spots above above him. And that's the funny part is that I'm not saying he wrecks out. I'm not saying that the 24 goes bye-bye. I'm saying the 24 has a bad pit stop speeds down pit road one time and then loses 15 spots. And all of a sudden Ryan's racing around fifth or sixth and, and William is back in 20th and can't get there by the end of the race. And then there's no hail mailing that's going to happen this year because it's not allowed. Yeah, so there's a whole scenario there where he just points his way in totally, you know, which like I said, don't want to depend on that. Let's just go ahead and win a race. Let's get the get a W so that everybody else there is impressed, just like we've been impressed these last couple months. So uh, but there's there are scenarios, you know. Uh, the thing about it is now you're in a position where you put the pressure on everybody else. Okay. 
you're not feeling the pressure because why you're up above everybody, right? You've gotten a cushion. Now you have a points thing. Now, if guys, you get to the end of the first stage and you're up in the top five. Now guys behind you really got to make a play for the, for the front. Now they got to gamble. Now they do strange things with strategy. Now they get off sequence. Okay. Sometimes those things work out. Sometimes they fail miserably, but the thing is, is you put the pressure on them. You're in the position you've got gotten yourself to where you need to be. You make them have to make a dangerous move, a dangerous call, and then watch them implode really i you know it's it's very very rare i mean last year bell pulled it off two different times um so you know it has happened but right now this car and and the way it races the, the only thing i find interesting about all the statistics you gave is three three races in this next gen car on this track and this track is way different than any other half mile because there's really no banking to it uh, but this weekend coming up, it's going to be like 85 degrees out there um, on Sunday. So we might see some different things with tire wear and the cars might actually be slipping and slide a little bit. And we know Ryan likes that. He loves to race like that where it's a little loose, you know, so I really can't wait to see what they can do uh, between qualifying practice, qualifying in the race. It's uh, going to be a great weekend to go down there. So I I read off a lot of those career statistics from Martinsville, and you brought up a good point about the just the next gen car there specifically. So let's take a look at the average finishes for the drivers in the last three races at Martinsville in the next gen car. Chris Busher is the lowest on the list at an average finish of about seventeen point six. Then you have Truex at fifteenth. You have Hamlin with an average finish of twelve point three. You have Byron average finish of ten point three. You have, I think Tyler Reddick doesn't even make the list because his his career average is like 20th there. And most of the races have actually been in the, in the next gen car. Um, but Ryan Blaney, though, he's just below teammate Joey Logano, who's out of the playoff picture. But Logano leads the way at an average finish of 3.3, which is insane. And Ryan Blaney, average finish of 4.6 at Martinsville in the next gen car. So if I need something to pump myself back up, it's that specific stat. And then Ryan's overall stats at Martinsville. I I think I say this every time. Pretty sure this is his best track statistically uh, over his career. No wins there yet, though. Um, average start of 9.3. So almost always starts in the, the top 10. Average finish of 9.5, which again is kind of crazy. Uh, 15 starts, no wins, seven top fives, nine top tens. His last several finishes here, I'm going to go all the way back to 2019 because he's basically been on a run since then. Fourth, fifth, second, second, 11th, 11th. So those weren't awesome, but they're pretty decent. Fourth, third, and seventh. So he finished seventh in this race in the spring. Um, He's led a total of 377 laps there. Uh, the majority of those coming in a race in 2021 and a race in 2018. So it's been a while since he's kind of dominated a race there specifically. I believe that race in 2021, they may have had a little bit of a pit miscue that took him out. Um, but on the plus side, we talk about execution. In this round, since Talladega and in this round, the 12 team has peaked at the right time. They've executed every race pretty much perfectly. Um, the pit crew gained spots. All day long at Homestead minus just maybe one one little tricky spot uh, stop there along the way. Um, really, really going to be important that they are all on their game. They have to have almost a perfect race. We talked about putting the pressure on everybody else, and yeah, that's great. They're putting the pressure on everybody else, 
but that's assuming that they execute at 95 to 100 percent and and finish like you said top five in every stage top five in the race and hope that they get a little bit of help from somebody totally uh, brad keselowski brad you was has been pretty good at martinsville in the past he's still looking for his first win with rfk brad go ahead and go win this race and let ryan have a really watch, solid day and, watch, and, uh, and claim that fourth position in the championship for i don't care i just don't watch, want anybody below the cutoff line winning this race watch the ultimate wingman pull it off yeah well, penske you know, one two i'd be good you, for penske one two either way you, you know you know the 22 is really good there right so, you know, if they, if the qualifying goes well and they're both in the top, whatever, in qualifying, there's one guy I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, having, uh, having win the race while we finish second or third, that'd, that'd be fine. I'd be good with that. But that's the thing is like, um, you know, last year in the playoffs, there were more guys outside of a playoff winning races. And this year, uh, it hasn't happened as often. Uh, but but somebody like Brad or somebody like, uh, you know, what, uh, Harvick was able to do at the end of the race, uh, can happen. And, uh, we could see a guy from totally outside the eight, uh, win this race. And that would be totally crazy. Um, you know, who's really good at Martinsville and he was good in the other series is Bubba Wallace. Yeah. You know, uh, let's say Bubba gets up near the front and Tyler's not near the front. Uh, you know, they're not going to wait for the for the 45 to hurry up and catch up you know what i mean so if bubba can get his hands on a clock you know but uh a couple others yeah. kyle larson Chuck. won the race last year ross chastain yeah. hail melon you know whatever but he still runs pretty well there so mm-hmm. and bell, those are guys and bell, that won't impact things and bell won it uh last year yep uh, so there's nothing to say bell couldn't go back to back too so um you know, uh, Josh has. This is if has the a, twelve can't win. Obviously, we want. I mean, Ryan's so yeah. good there. We would rather him go out and walk the dog. So That's we're it. just putting up scenarios here where yeah. you know who would it be good for if to win if it's not the twelve. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, Josh Williams has a clock from Zane uh, from two years ago uh, in the truck series, and uh, I think uh, Josh needs a, a sister clock for it. And uh, I think one for the upstairs. Win. That's right, one for the upstairs. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan uh, can go ahead and do that, uh, help Josh out a little bit and uh, get one of his own. You know, uh, Ryan said on when he was on our podcast, he doesn't really keep a lot of trophies. He only has a couple, but I'm sure a clock is one he would definitely keep in his house. So we've talked a ton about Martinsville, the scenarios, the points. Why don't we tell you how you can watch this race this weekend? So I'll give you the NASCAR and TV report for Martinsville Speedway. Kicks off Saturday, October 28th when it comes to Cup Series action on track. 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying at Martinsville Speedway on the USA Network. Last week, practice and qualifying was only available on the app. So if you didn't see it on cable, that's why. But this week, it does say it's going to be on USA. And then 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Dead on Tools, 2.50 at Martinsville, also on USA. And then Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series Xfinity 500. Remember, this is a 500-mile race or 500-lap race, not 500-mile, a 500-lap race compared to the 400-lap race in the spring. So this one is a little bit not a little bit longer, 100 laps longer. So Xfinity 500 at Martinsville, that's going to switch over to the NBC network. A um, couple other things to mention. If you are, we brought up the, the Blaney Bunch fan club in the past on this podcast and how it supports the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. They're going to have 
a get together at Martinsville. So if you're a Blaney fan and you're a member of the Blaney bunch, uh, check your email, the email account that you use for that, just in case maybe use one you don't check very often. There's some information in there on a meetup that's going to happen one on Saturday, right before the Xfinity series race. And then one on Sunday before the cup series race as well. So check those emails. If you remember the Blaney bunch, uh, Steve and Kate and myself and my wife, Tara are planning on being there as well. So if you want to say hello, I think we're going to have some stickers and some things to, to pass out to folks too. If you want to come say hello to us, I think we'll, we're going to try to be at least one of us representing at uh, both of those uh, meetups over the weekend. Yeah. Saturday is going to be um, Ryan's uh, an actual um, appearance, correct? Yeah. I think at- it's scheduled to be two forty-five PM at the NASCAR experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first one. And then on Sunday, I don't remember the time for that. Um, that one's, uh, also for Blaney bunch folks at the Ryan Blaney family foundation tent. So we always bring that up as well. sounds like the tent's going to be at Martinsville, Martinsville. all kinds of really cool, uh, merchandise. That's Ryan Blaney family foundation themed and Ryan Blaney themed and Blaney racing themed as well. Some unique gifts and stuff. I mean, from a cross section from, um, stuff that, you know, Steve and I would like stuff that our wives would like. Um, so there's something for everything at that booth and it supports a great cause and you can go over there, talk to Patty and everybody else that's there. sounds like Leah maybe might be there over the weekend mm-hmm. as well, representing. So looking so, forward to that and all of that's happening at Martinsville. Yeah. So, um, yeah, check your email, um, Facebook page. They do, they use the Facebook page. Um, if you're a member of the fan club, it'll, uh, you'll have a message on there. I think something about the, about the, uh, thing on saturday is if you get a hold of them and let them know you're going to be there they'll reserve a spot for you like a preferred uh spot to to be there for the q a so uh make sure you get a hold of leah uh through the ryan blaney family foundation she'll make sure she takes care of you uh if you're a member of uh the blaney bunch so yeah good good weekend to to get together i think uh sunday morning i think they were saying like 10 a.m or something like that at the tent and i hope to see everybody there for that yeah. And like we said, it seems like great weather is going to be on tap unseasonably warm. You know, we're coming up from Florida and we're hoping we were going to get a little bit of break from the warm weather, but it sounds like they're, they're saying near record temperatures for this time of year in Martinsville, Virginia. So I think the record's 82. They're calling for 81 so far on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but the rain is not in the forecast right now, but uh, we are coming up there. So we'll see. Um, so we talked everything about Martinsville. We skipped fantasy last week because the disqualification had thrown everything for a loop and, and the fantasy to the NASCAR fantasy live stuff had not updated. So we're going to go through our team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league leaderboards here and our results uh, from Homestead Miami Speedway. Um, my starting lineup, Steve, I made a, I'll call it a blunder, but it's because I was just so caught up in what was happening and Ryan winning stage two that I did not change my lineup and I had Ryan, I left Ryan in the garage and Ryan ended up earning the most points all day long. And I'm fairly certain if I had made a swap here, I would have won the weekend. And it's very unfortunate for me because instead I finished 23rd. Um, So my starting lineup, Tyler Reddick got me 42 points. Kyle Larson got me 21. William Byron got me 49. Here's my blunder left Truex in though. This didn't happen until stage three, but I should have, I I should have probably swapped them because Truex wasn't running necessarily outstanding. So Truex only got me 19 points with his engine expiration. Christopher Bell got me 42, left Ryan Blaney in the garage at 53 points. And this was a weekend where uh, the winner didn't necessarily have a ton of points. 
um, as, as far as some weeks have gone here. So unfortunate, I ended up finishing 23rd. Uh, let's take a look at my featured matchups. I picked Larson over Byron. That was wrong. I picked Hamlin over Truex. That was wrong. I picked Reddick over Bell. That was wrong. I picked Blaney over Busher. That was right. So I went one for one of four on the featured matchup. So just a few more things here, but I mean, it's, it's difficult. You've run into this position when you're at the track watching live uh, Wi-Fi was spotty cell reception, spotty in and out. I could get some messages out to you, but I'll blame it on that a little bit, but I didn't make that, that stage two change because I was just so fixated on Ryan chasing down the five car and winning the stage. So what did your lineup look like? And do you know where you ended up in the, in the leaderboard? Yeah, I had, um, had Truex. I did have Ryan. I had my last usage for him for the playoffs, so I used him up there. Uh, Keselowski, who at one point, was looking really good. Uh, Larson, at one point, was looking really good. <laughs> then uh, Byron. So I had the number one and number two guys in points on the day. Uh, Bubba Wallace in the garage, I had swapped him out at one point because he had faded way back and Keselowski had moved up. So there's a little bit of a swing there that if I had had that difference, you know, it would have been about seven or eight more points, but, and I split the matchups too. I had Larson. Um, I had Truex over Hamlin, which I win by one spot, 29th to 30th. You know, uh, I did have Tyler Reddick thinking he was going to have a better day than bell. And, uh, I did have Ryan over Busher. I kind of, that was kind of a, a given for me, but, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what this week's matchups are and how they do them. Uh, you know, uh, with the playoff guys. So again, I finished in the 23rd position, a four-way tie for 23rd. You finished all alone in the 20th position with 186 points earned. Let's take a look at the top 10 in points earned at Homestead for the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And this is kind of crazy. I don't think I've seen this before. So we have Racing Girl 12 in the 10th position with 203 points earned. And then listen to this. We have a one, two, three, four, five-way tie for the fifth position. So we jump from fifth, you know, from 10th to fifth because of the everybody tying here. Uh, Christian Dana, Cheesehead Fan. Pea Shoot Bill, The Nutty Gamer, and Blaney's Daisy all tied for fifth with 204 points earned. The tie for third between Pocono Lady and U.S. Calvin, 214 points earned. Second, Doug QC, 217 points. And leading the way with the win at Homestead Miami Speedway in the first position, Bulldog, 0277, 235 points earned. So that's kind of kind of crazy seems like a lot of people were starting a lot of the same drivers and ended up uh ended up uh finishing pretty well and uh getting a getting a top five so let's take a look at the playoff standings in the team blaney nascar fantasy live league and i'm trying to see wow um so you were in the top 10 at one point along the way here in the playoffs but you've fallen dramatically and yep. that's okay um you actually fell behind our friend justin there justin hughes joe bro uh one two or 1221 and 30th with 1506 points and you mez 12 is in 31st 1503 so 31st position for the mez okay. team let's take a look at the top 10 which will actually start with ninth because there's a tie between jd racing and zero schlitz given in the ninth position 1599 points earned and eighth, climbing his way back up as the season goes along here. Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, eighth position, 1,604. Tie for six between Moose Hunter, 1960, and Blaring Idiots at 1,619 points. My team, Team Blaney host Adam, is in the fifth position all alone, 1,621 points. Fourth is Blaney's Daisy, 1,625. Third is my wife, Rogers T, 1,655. 
and a tie for first in the playoff standings. Again, that's amazing. Uh, but the you, you win some praise, but the points don't matter. You win nothing. Um, the Nutty Gamer and Fike 21 tied for first in the playoff standings, 1,664 points. Now, the standings that do mean something, uh, we're going to look at the overall standings in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And I have made some gains here over the last several weeks to where I am in the 20s now, Steve. It is the deep 20s, but I am there. 29th position, Team Blaney host Adam, 6,230 points. Team Mez here, Mez 12, has fallen in the overall standings now as well. You were in the top 10, then the top 15 for much of the year. Now you're in 20th, 6,354 points. So we only got eight points, eight positions separating us, Steve. Two races to go. I'm not sure... Um, if it's even possible, no, I'd have to get two, I'd have to gain 200 plus points on you. So I'm not going to get past you, but I'd like to close that gap uh, before we get to the end of the season here. Let's take a look at the top 10 points earned overall team Blaney and NASCAR fantasy live league in 10th, Christian Dana, 6,486 in ninth is JD Reese, JD racing 6,500 in eighth, Eric D 15, 6502. Seventh is Alyssa C, 6520. Six is Penske Fan, 24, 6593. Fike, 21 is in fifth, 6595. Man, this is super tight. Fourth is Go Larson, 6596. Third, Blaring Idiot, 6599. So from third all the way, third to six is just a handful of points separating those folks. So if you want to get into the top five there and you are in that position, you have a really good shot um, just by picking a couple things better than the folks around you top three blaring idiots in third 6,599 this is where it's for all the marbles second position factory of sadness six led much of the year has been passed in the last few weeks second position 6,649 blaney's daisy holds it on the first spot 6,700 62 points so that is the update you've been waiting for <laughs> team blaney nascar fantasy live league um, I think I could have had a much better week if I would have just started Ryan Blaney. You probably could have moved me up a little bit higher in the playoff standings at least. Um, I say those don't matter. Those matter to me because that's usually the only part where I have a shot at finishing in the top 10 every year. Um, overall, it's out. I'm just trying to close that gap on you. I think we've already talked about the people you're going to want to look at for fantasy this week. If you still have starts for Ryan Blaney, absolutely start him. If you have starts for Hamlin, start him. If you have starts for Truex, start him. Um, Reddick, eh, I'm not so sure. Um, Byron, if you have a start for him, I'd start him. If you have Larson, if you have a start for him, I would start him. I mean, any of those guys that are in the eight, Christopher Bell wins that race last year and a walk-off to get to the championship four. If you have a start for him, start him. <laughs> so unless you're holding on to that last spot for Phoenix, um, those are all the guys that I'm looking at. All eight guys. I mean, Chris Buescher has been good on some short tracks. I think he won Richmond, but that's a little bit different. He hasn't run well at Martinsville in the next-gen car. Um, so we'll see what kind of speed that that RFK can bring. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping they bring about the same speed they brought to Homestead because we don't want to deal with that. But um, fantasy-wise, you're going to have to make those decisions with statistics and maybe not with, with your heart <laughs> and who you want to win. Um, but that's totally up to you. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm just yeah. It, it's you. You can't go beyond the top eight or the the playoff eight because you just don't know. Practice and qualifying is always the kind of determining factor for that. Because if somebody pops up in there, 
you know, ends up second or third or something to start the race. Then you've got somebody you might want to hang on to just because they've got speed to be where they need to be. Um, like I said, the biggest difference is going to be the the weather. This is going to be, I think, the first time since they put the next-gen car at Martinsville that it's been this hot. And um, it'll be interesting to see. And, and then and there's a different tire going to be there. So we're going to see a couple of different things that may make the racing better than it's been. And uh, like I said, I, you know, a little bit slipperier, a little bit uh, more um, sliding going on out there. It'd be awesome because I know that a guy like Ryan likes that kind of racing. Uh, he, he's better without the back end underneath him than, than a lot of other guys. So, yeah, I can't wait. I just can't wait. <laughs> it's, it's what we're recording this Monday. Is it Friday yet? <laughs> yep. Hitting the road on Friday. Definitely looking forward to the weekend and our first trip to Martinsville Speedway uh, for myself and Tara. I know you've been there a, a few times, so we're definitely Saturday, probably going to get our first taste of the of the hot dogs. Um, really looking forward to um, to what we can see on Sunday. And it's it's one of the, another bucket list track to check off. I think we've checked off three or four of those this year, which has been pretty exciting for us. It's our last in-person race of the year. I think it makes, I'm not bragging, it's just we, we are blessed to have the opportunity to travel via car we're not flying anywhere so i think this is our 10th 10th cup race of the year um so calling it a day or calling it a year after that and um and uh, we'll, we'll see what goes what goes on for for 2024 but um like you said really looking forward to the weekend trying my best not to just be a nervous wreck and enjoy the weekend enjoy the experience let them control what they can control again it's not life or death but i mean this is big time auto racing it is a professional sport we are Obviously, since we're two guys that host a podcast about Ryan Blaney and the 12 team, we're mega fans. So it is more than just a sport to us. But got to remember, there's there's people involved. Everybody's trying their best. They want to be champions. They want to have that shot. They're peaking at the right time. And I think this is an opportunity that they can grasp at one of their best tracks on the circuit, finally get over that hump and end up in victory lane and, and give Steve and Kate for like the millionth time a victory to celebrate in person. And uh, hopefully I can knock off my second in-person Ryan Blaney win since I was oh so close to that <laughs> this past week at Homestead. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you're, you uh, have some superstitions about this stuff, but uh, you know, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to do what they're going to do. And uh, we get to witness it. That's great. You know, we've been, you said, like you said, you've been, we were at together for one couple years ago. So yeah, um, let's see if we can do that again. That'd be great. Sit next to you guys. And uh you know, taking uh, pictures of each other and, uh, and and things going on in victory lane. That'd be a, a, a way to end the day. So uh, let's see what the 12th team can line up on Saturday and do and then go into Sunday. And uh, can't wait to come back next week and talk about, uh, you know, hopefully the 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 fruits of the labor, you know, and what, what, what become of it. Thank you, everyone, once again for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode from a couple of years ago that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, X at Team Blaney, and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. Last couple of weeks, uh, we've been hitting social media really hard just because we've been at races and taking videos and sharing lots of stuff. So please interact with us. Find us on social media. That's a great place to get to know us and for us to get to know you. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in 
and membership in the Blaney Bunch fan club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, X, Instagram, all their active social media channels. And if you're a member of the Blaney Bunch, we'll see you this weekend at Martinsville. So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Let's go get the W, boys. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.